dirt road in a gooseneck saddle up with me dry land in god's country crops far as i can see headlights on both ends of my day this country life is for me ride with us hpj ride Welcome, folks, to HPJ Talk, the podcast from High Plains Journal, bringing the ag news and commentary of the week to you. I'm Associate Editor Jennifer M. Latsky, and I'm joined by my colleague, Associate Editor Kayleen Scott. Yo, Kayleen. Hey, Jenny. (laughs) (laughs) It's the middle of, it's the end of June, so are you, uh, are you ready for school to start yet? I think grandma is more so than I am, <laughs> probably because she has to deal with them all day, every day. Oh, now two more months, two more months. And these are the days that you're going to remember for the rest of their lives. You're making memories here with those littles. <laughs> yeah, popsicles at seven o'clock in the morning. If you can't have popsicles at seven <laughs> o'clock in the morning on June 25th, when can you have them? <laughs> At some point in time, he's going to remember that mom let him have popsicles when he was little. grandma. (laughs) I have a whole container of popsicles that I've let them have like four out of, so. (laughs) Well, and grandma's doing uh, dog sitting duties too, right? Well, the boys like to take the dogs with them, so grandma gets to have the dogs too. Your mom is a saint. (laughs) Sometimes <laughs> that woman needs a halo and and she needs all sorts of of you know tributaries and medication. Tri- you know, bless her heart, you need to take her out to dinner. <laughs> well, um what what did you do this past weekend? I took pictures on Saturday at a quinceañera and then Sunday I took family pictures for my cousin at my house. A quinceañera. Yeah. Look at that. <laughs> did you did you learn something? That I should have brought earplugs <laughs> for the reception part because it was kind of loud. Yeah, you know, loud music at our age is just not fun, is it? Yeah. Well, there was kids running around with their hands over their ears, so <laughs> not wanna, just the old people. <laughs> might want to back that down just a smidge, buddy. <laughs> well, and it's the the reception was at the Hoover Pavilion, so it's oh old building and it reverberates. Yes, it does nicely. reverberate. <laughs> Well, uh, Garrett came over, and he helped me fix my screen door. Oh, yeah? And I helped him. And by I helped him, I got out of his way. Because I have learned that unlike my father, who expects you to know exactly <laughs> what to do when he needs help. You're, like, Dad always had this demand that you should be able to read his mind. You know, you should know what I need to know. You should be what, standing there with every screwdriver and wrench yeah. he ever needed. Yeah, I should have everything ready. I should be pointing it at the exact right, the the light at the exact right spot. I should be there helping, helping, helping. (laughs) This is how I am trained. I am trained to not sit on my butt and watch somebody do something for me. It physically hurts me to sit and let somebody else do something when I'm like, can I hold a light? Can I get... Mm." (laughs) Garrett, on the other hand... Likes Does, to do it all himself? He likes to do it by himself. In fact, I get in the way. <laughs> I don't think I do, but okay. 
I, I was I was allowed to hold the light, and I am the best darn light holder that you've ever seen, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> She's pretty proud of herself here. I am proud of it. Takes skills to hold the light. It yeah. does. <laughs> and if you can't hold the light right, you haven't been yelled at enough by your dad. <laughs> but um, so did the screen door get fixed? It did. It did. Um, despite me calling the the little armature Duma Hickey, the armature Duma Hickey. I don't, I still, he told me exactly what the part was on the screen mm-hmm. door. And you know how I am. I'm like, I, I do we need a new screen door? <laughs> he goes, no, you don't need a new screen door. We just get a new piece like that. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> they sell pieces. <laughs> Can I get a new screen door? <laughs> do you want a new screen door? I kind of do. <laughs> But he is, um, he's so good about seeing stuff that needs fixed around my house. And he just comes with a plan and he thinks it over. And it may take him a while to think it over about how it should be done. But eventually he comes up with a, a plan of action. And I do appreciate it. I really do. I I took him out for lunch, or supper. So um, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. And I didn't have to cook. Well, Yay! yeah. <laughs> Bonus. <laughs> Bonus. <laughs> Um, well, it's finally heating up out there. We've, we've had a couple of 90 degree days, a couple of 80 degree days. It's been windy. You know, we had a little bit of weird, weird rain yesterday morning before I left for Garden City. Were you in the middle of that driving in? Yeah. When I came to town, right as I got to the edge of Dodge, it was raining pretty good enough to use the windshield wipers. But it was bright sunshine. Yeah. It was dark to the, to the south and the west and the sun was bright and Hadn't encountered any clouds yet to the east and the north. I'm pretty certain we're in the middle of Armageddon. (laughs) No, it hasn't been that bad yet. It's the end of days, Kayleen. No, not hardly. (laughs) Um, Oh, man. So it it looks like I was driving south from Garden City down to Sublette yesterday, and then I wanted to pop over to Montezuma and see what the the weekend's hailstorm had left in its wake, trying to get some photos and things, and... It looks like there were some guys that are already starting to cut wheat. Yeah. And whether or not that wheat was already hailed out wheat and they were just putting it up for hay, I don't know. But I saw some um, some buzzed cut <laughs> fields. And I'm like, wow, it's, it is it is ready to go, I think, if we can just get equipment out in the field. And, folks, if you're listening to this and you're in the field, please be very careful. It's very easy to put safety aside in the, in the rush of harvest you know, you got to get the, the loads into town and you don't look twice before you pull out on the highway. You know, you, you skip a, ste- a safety step, getting ready to, to work on the combine and something happens. So just be very careful, okay? Because we sure don't want to lose any one of you no. all because that's <laughs> just, that's a tough thing to do. Yes. Um, your family, did you do you have anybody in your family that's ever had a, a farm accident like that? I think before we were born, the way the story goes, that dad was working on a combine and the combine somehow rolled over his leg and broke both bones in his lower leg. Oh my gosh. And he had to have a cast up high during the middle of summer. Oh. So. Man. (laughs) Mother was always very, a certain way with my dad. (laughs) She didn't tell him to be careful. She just, (laughs) don't kill yourself, essentially. (laughs) that's how we show love yeah um my dad almost blew off his hand airing up a split rim tire without a cage 
Yay. <laughs> He'd done it for years and years and years, never had a problem, never had a disaster. All it took was one, yep. and he still has the hand. He still has use of the hand, but putting it together was like putting together a jigsaw puzzle. I would imagine. So, you know what? Yeah, it may seem like you're saving time by skipping a step or two. Just got to get in, get it out yeah. type of thing. But your loved ones want you back home safe and sound. So if you're going to be listening to us about anything, <laughs> take the step, you know, pause the the podcast for a second there and go you through your safety checks. You can come back to it. <laughs> you can come back. We're right here. I promise we're not going anywhere. <laughs> so anyway, um, just be safe out there. I have some of my best family memories from Wheat Harvest. And I know as kids, we remember things way differently oh, yeah. than the adults do. Yeah. But I think part of my growing up was in the wheat field with my dad and my mom, my older sister and my older brother. That Those days really teach you how to be, you know, self-sufficient. Mm-hmm. Um, I never went anywhere without my blankie and at least a couple of coloring books and a Nancy Drew book. Yeah. And uh, I remember my great-grandma had sewn each of us kids, each of us three kids, a little book bag. It was a very simple little book bag that had handles, and our names were spelled out in Rick Rack <laughs> on the outside. And there wasn't enough room for Jennifer, so she, she put Jenny on mine. Um, but that little bag went with me to every single wheat field, every single alfalfa field. Um, I, I, I went everywhere mom and dad went because we didn't have babysitters. Yeah, we didn't either. <laughs> we didn't have, you know, uh, buddy seats. Yeah. <laughs> and or I, iPads or phones to. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. If you read through your entire Nancy Drew book before noon. You before better read you, it again. You better read it again. <laughs> And if you were not fed, watered, and pottied before you left the the uh, the uh, co-op, <laughs> you'd be doing it out in the field. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know that I have learned <laughs> you fed, watered, and potty before you leave the co-op. <laughs> well, the co-op, we used to get ice cream sandwiches, and they always had pop, mm-hmm. grape pop, is what we uh, with the glass bottles. I can't drink grape pop, but other in any other time, but in the summer. Yeah, I can't either. <laughs> and the glass bottles. Yeah, I remember there would always be like three or four rolling around in the passenger side of the of the wheat truck. Yeah, and my job was to take those in and and um, take them back to the co-op. And yep, mine too. <laughs> we had to keep track of them. Oh my goodness, yeah. Because uh, I, I don't know, I don't know if we got nickels for them. I, I don't think we did. I think it was just one of those. You yeah, just take somebody it back. got something yeah, for somebody it. Somebody did. But Joe at the co-op in Junction City, I, he was at least seven feet tall when I was a little kid, and I was a shy kid. <laughs> I know that sounds incredibly odd to hear, but I was. I was a shy kid, and. Um, I can just remember hiding behind my mom <laughs> every time Joe would talk to me. <laughs> but that was, you know, that those are the memories that I am, I wish other people's families could have. Yeah. You know, and we see it a lot now. You're going to start seeing photos on Facebook and on Twitter of littles heading to the field to take around with grandpa or with uncles or with dads or with moms and grandmas. Um, you know, we, we call it the, 
the the wheat harvest photo albums kind of thing, you know, <laughs> or the the wheat harvest tourism from the city cousins. Yeah. But you know that is a very incredibly critical part of keeping people connected to their land and their family and their their ties to agriculture. Yeah. You know we. We joke about it, you know, oh, it's a couple of tourists just riding on the combine, <laughs> but that's incredibly important. Yeah, it is. You, you know, when you think about it, if you're sitting across the table from somebody that never went to wheat harvest, how do they understand what you're trying to tell them when it comes to crop inputs, when it comes to we need some more equipment around here to be more efficient? Mm-hmm. When you're in a multi-generational family and you know, three quarters of the generations live out off the farm. You got to do something that's going to keep people with skin in the game. Yeah. So, yeah, it may take a little bit of time out of your schedule, but make the time and be welcoming to them because those folks are, are part of the family, too. I, you know, I wish I really do wish if I had a time machine, I'd go back in time and I'd see if my dad wouldn't take my my cousin um, to live with us for the summertime and work in the field, and I think that might have helped him out a little bit, you know? Yeah, could have. You so, never know. Yeah. Um, let's see what else have we got going on here besides wheat harvest. Oh, hey, tried out a new restaurant in town, didn't we, Kaylee? Yeah. I've been there before, but <laughs> Jenny experienced it for the first time today. They have a revamped cafe at the at Winter Livestock. I had only gone before the new cafe owner, so... Yeah, it's been years since I had been. Well, because the last time I went, it was not (laughs) a good experience. (laughs) Now, you have to work really, really hard to screw up a sale barn cafe. Like, that is on a level of (laughs) screw-up that is awesome and awe-inspiring. And that's why that's been the last time that I'd I'd gone to one. Yeah. So... (laughs) We, it was, it's today's Wednesday and it's sale day. And I thought, well, you know what? I have a hankering for a good cheeseburger. Well, let's, let's try the new, the new uh, chef down at the cafe. How, how awesome can it be? It was pretty good. It was pretty (laughs) good. Holy buckets, folks. If you're in Dodge City on Wednesdays, you've got to hit up our sale barn. And I think they're open all week. I think they are too. Um, it looks like they're open from 11 to 2, so yeah, lunch hour. Like that. End um, of end of the Trail Cafe is what they're called. End of the it. Trail Cafe, which is kind of cute considering it's at the sale barn, <laughs> and that's the end of a trail for a lot of livestock. Yep. And it's Dodge City Sale Barn, so or winter livestock. So go down there. Um, tell them we sent you. They're not a sponsor, but <laughs> <laughs> we had honestly the best burger i've had in quite some time yes they were very good and we're kind of picky when it comes to our beef (laughs) if you haven't noticed we're kind of beef snobs yes (laughs) we will not be um chewing on the impossible burger around here no that that's not in my vocabulary would you try the impossible burger if you were given the opportunity no You know, you've you've traveled with me enough that you've seen me try some really different things, haven't you? You know, I'm usually game for anything, but no. I think I would try it just to say that that I tried it. Look, I will have... But I wouldn't seek it out. (laughs) I will have turkey sausage because, you know what, It, it for me, I'm okay with ground turkey and sausage type things. I'm not okay with ground turkey as like... 
replacement for all of my beef. <laughs> um, I'm okay with, you know, chicken and turkey and pork and beef. And I will even eat deer sausage. You know, I'm, I'm okay with game. But it has to have had hooves, a tail, and a twitching nose in order for me to call it meat. Last time I saw, beets do not have twitching noses or tails. So, no. <laughs> and they're vegetables. Who wants to eat a vegetable? You know what? My vegetables are the side dishes. They are not the main dish. <laughs> Thank you very much. And okay. I, yeah. So, no. <laughs> but as far as the Sail Barn Cafe, oh, yeah, that was good. Yeah. Now, folks, the minute you walk in a Sail Barn... You know you're in a sale barn. <laughs> I don't know about you, Kayleen, but that aroma, that smell of a sale barn is kind of comforting. I can still smell it in my hair, so I mean. I know, right? <laughs> it's, it kind of reminds you of, you know, when you're young and dumb and you'd go to the bar and you come home and you're like, oh yeah, smoky bar smell. <laughs> Yay, I'm going to have to wash my hair. You know, it's kind of like that, except the grown-up version. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they all just smell differently because my husband has worked at a feed yard, uh-huh. has worked at the sale barn, has worked cow-calf deal, you know, and uh-huh. they all smell different. But they, they all kind of smell the same. They all have a different perfume, and I think it, it's based mostly on the feedstuffs. It yeah. really is. <laughs> <laughs> and Jenny's not going to tell us what she thinks about the trucker aroma. <laughs> You know what? Dracar Noir is not meant to cover up things, fellas. I'm just going to say Febreze is your friend. Or a shower. Or a shower. And soap. I'm not picky. Soap does great things, I hear. (laughs) That's what I ask my children after they've gotten out of the shower. Did you use soap? When they hesitate, you know they haven't. You know what? This is why I have a dog. Because... I give her the bath, and she she gives me this resigned look like, I know I smell bad. All right. If I have to, I guess. Or you can just be like my dogs and find the nearest tank and take a swim. Yeah, but then she'd turn green. (laughs) Oh, let's see. What else is going on in your world? Not a whole lot. Pigs doing okay? Goats doing okay? Well, <laughs> the pigs are easily contained because they're at my sister's still, and the goats are at my house, and Sean needs to start walking them. Otherwise, they're going to be leading him when it comes fair time in a very short amount of time. Yeah. So the last two nights, we've walked him down the road, and the first night did not go well at all, and he was mad, I was mad, and, you know, just didn't go well. Critters are going to do what critters are going to do. <laughs> and last night, it went better. I did not yell. He did not get mad. And everything went okay until we were done. And he wanted to let them go. And the one he had already let go decided she wanted to leave. Oh. She wanted out of the little pen that she'd been in. So <laughs> And I'm done. Yes. <laughs> and she's the crazy one that jumps on everything and that I call spaz. And yeah. We had to put her in the round pin and walk the other one in there and get her in the round pin and rope her again. So she was not pleased. These these goats are going to be just... Folks, if you're around Ford County Fair this year, you really should stay for the goat show. Yeah, it might be entertaining. Something tells me it's going to be fun. And we've been trying to get Sean to, to take pictures because he's enrolled in photography oh, in 4-H. Oh, yes, 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 yes. 
last night the cows were up close to the house i'm like oh, i've got to check the cows anyway since your dad's busy at work and we'll just take the four-wheeler out there mm-hmm. and take the camera well the goat little expedition took a little longer so the cows had already started to leave and we went out there with the camera and I stopped because there were the cows were all kind of in a line, you know, mm-hmm. and I was like, you need to find a little scene, you know, the, all the calves are bunched up, get them around their moms, you know, take a picture like that. Mm-hmm. And I show him how to use the camera and we turn and look and there's this bull standing next to the cow. It was kind of cute because they're standing side by side, you know, mm-hmm. just kind of like, what's up, baby? Yeah. <laughs> and pretty much it turned into the birds and the bees and <laughs> Sean's like, mom, what's that? I'm like, oh, don't worry about it. He's like, no, can I take a picture of it? No, son, you cannot take a picture of that. <laughs> and then he went on so to for comment. The, for the non-ag readers or listeners out there, how to explain this delicately. <laughs> bow, chicka, wow, wow, happened, okay? <laughs> animals told- are going to do what animals are going to do. I told him the bull was putting the calf in mom, so in <laughs> the mama cow. <laughs> it reminds me of that joke of that five-year-old watching the calf being born. <laughs> the only comment was, "How fast was that calf going?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, if any of this makes it to the final podcast, it'll be a miracle. <laughs> and no, I did not let him take a picture of it. I don't know. I think that would have been grand champion. <laughs> Although he was wanting to get pictures of the cows or the bulls. Parts. Parts. <laughs> I was like, nope, not going to do that either. Man, I would love to be a bug on the wall of that bus ride next fall <laughs> when he talks to all of his little buddies about bulls and heifers. Because <laughs> that's going to be a, that's going to be an epic one. Yeah, well. <laughs> well, folks. <laughs> You know what? These are this is these are the days of our lives. This is what it means to to live out here on the plains. So, um, we we know the the ag industry from well conception to the plate. So <laughs> there you go. <sighs> we would like to hear from our listeners. You can always drop us a line at hpjtalk at hpj.com and let us know what you're up to in your area. Or if you've taken any interesting photos. <laughs> <laughs> or you can always call us here at the office, 1-800-452-7171. Well, in this week's episode, we're going to bring you the stories you might have missed in the June 24th print edition. We'll have updates from the harvest field from our All Aboard Wheat Harvest correspondents, courtesy of our friends at KFRM. Then, of course, Kayleen's is going to bring us the latest on grain markets, and we'll have some final thoughts. And in the immortal words of Alabama, hello, Kansas wheat field farmer. Let us thank you for your time. You work a 40-hour week for a living just to send it on down the line. So thanks for choosing to ride with us on HPJ Talk. This week's cover story is from Jenny. Summer memories grow on the vine in Dalhart. Jenny interviewed Mark Benzer of 3B Farms who raises contract watermelons for Wiggins Watermelons out of Caldwell, Texas. Jenny, what makes the Benzers unique? 
Well, I, cr- I ran across the Besners on the Texas AgriLife wheat field tour last month. And so these folks raise um, seed wheat, corn, and cattle. But that day that our tour bus was out there, they were actually planting watermelon starts, which will then grow into the Labor Day melons that we find in the stores. And they use their wheat as a windbreak for their young seedlings. So what they'll do is they'll keep strips of wheat standing and they'll build the watermelon beds in between those strips and then they'll plant into them. That'll keep the wind off the little baby watermelon and provide them shade and, uh, and get them started until they can grow big enough that it, it, uh, they, they take off. So that sounds pretty cool. And the pretty watermelons made for awesome pictures. Yes. And I got to say, thank you, Kayleen, for those awesome (laughs) pictures, because, um, we all know my photography skills are bupkis. Oh no. (laughs) No, but really, uh, if you haven't had a chance, go look for Wiggins watermelons in your local stores. They've got three different locations that are growing year-round. Well, not year-round, but, the, you know, they start in May and, and go through Labor Day. And so if you can see the um, Wiggins watermelon in your stores on Labor Day, chances are they came from the Dalhart Besner family. Cool. So there you go. Well, inside on page 2B, Kayleen, you had a story about the U.S. Soybean Export Council bringing buyers from Southeast Asia, South Korea, and a few other places to meet with U.S. soybean farmers and build relationships. On 5B, Jenny brought us the news that USDA is moving the ERS and NIFA to the Kansas City region. USDA expects to save nearly $300 million over a 15-year lease term in employment costs and rent. Secretary Sonny Perdue also announced the plan to realign the ERS under the Office of Chief Economist has been tabled, and instead ERS will stay in the research mission area for policy-neutral reporting. On page 8 to 10B, we have updates from our all-aboard wheat harvest crews from the road, brought to us by John Deere, Oklahoma Baptist Homes for Children, Unverfirth Manufacturing, and, of course, High Plains Journal. And for added photos, videos, and the popular combine cam, visit online at allaboardharvest.com. And this week, Tracy Ziorian writes about faith and perseverance this season with hail taking away a client's wheat. Brian Jones talks about setting off from Iowa finally after so many weather delays. Laura Hafner writes from North Central Texas about her instant pot misadventure. And Janelle Schemper writes from Frederick, Oklahoma about rain delays and cooler days that have delayed harvest. On our opinions and editorial page, 4B, managing editor Dave Bergmeier writes about the dangers of trying to get crops out of the fields and into bins and warns readers to be safe. Seymour Clearly writes about the Daily Show former host John Stewart's visit to Capitol Hill and the push to fully fund the September 11th Victim Compensation Fund. And we have a letter to the editor from American Farm Bureau Federation President Zippy Duval about flawed data keeping rural America on the wrong side of the digital divide. Remember, if you have a response to something you've read or heard, or there is a local topic that you want to bring to the attention of our readers and listeners, please write to us at journal at hpj.com or hpjtalk at hpj.com. Or you can always call us at 1-800-452-7171. We want to hear from you. It's time for another All Aboard Wheat Harvest update brought to you by High Plains Journal. John Deere, 
on Verveth Manufacturing and Oklahoma Baptist Homes for Children. Catching up with Laura Hafner with High Plains Harvesting. Laura, a bit uh, scattered at this point. Uh, it seems like it always happens. You get combines going in a number of directions trying to get to stops, particularly when uh, when things slowed down with some mud in Oklahoma. Yeah, uh, Oklahoma actually still remains pretty muddy, but we're moving out of there and heading up to southwest Kansas. We hope to be cutting in that Rolla area here soon and maybe even as far as southeast Colorado by the weekend. Other places, I uh, understand that you got a couple of machines around uh, Kiowa, the, not very far east of there. They had big rain over the weekend again. It uh, seems kind of like uh, the uh, the common theme everywhere is uh, is wet ground and, and tough cutting conditions. You're absolutely right. I'm, I'm not sure who's immune to it. <laughs> I wish we were, but we aren't. We've been fighting those muddy conditions there at Kiowa. It's pretty decent wheat. We're on that 50 bushel per acre range, so that's nice, but... We're really having to earn it there with fighting the mud and, you know, pulling out. And I guess it's just part of it this year. Talking about uh, working into southwest Kansas, I know there were some areas that uh, had extensive hail uh, over the weekend. Uh, and it seems like it's the time of the year where we have to dodge that big white combine as well. Absolutely. It sounds like there's still some good wheat to be had out there, but there's definitely some pockets that, that weren't immune to the white combine, as you call it, and, and that's really tough, especially where we're just days away, I know. And um, that Gray County area, we know some people that, that were just absolutely wiped out, and it's just so hard to see and heartbreaking this time of year when you're so close to that end, that end product. You talk a little bit about uh, moving days. Uh, those are always challenging as well, uh, and hopefully getting down the highways uh, safely uh, is a big concern when you kind of have the kind of equipment that, that custom harvesters are moving. Yeah, it certainly is. I mean, when you have that many wheels on the ground and guys behind the wheel, you know, you just hope that everything goes as well as possible and everybody stays safe. So hopefully our guys will do their part in watching out for for those driving around them. And we appreciate everybody who looks out for the big trucks and all the equipment and passes with care. And we um, we just hope that everybody stays safe. Our thanks to Laura Hafner, High Plains Harvesting. Chance to catch up this week with Tracy Zirian, Zirian Harvesting. Tracy, uh, you got the equipment in place uh, and uh, and still waiting on conditions conducive to to getting wheat harvest underway. Yep, we got we got the combine moved down to Kansas last Thursday, and we turned right around and headed back home with anticipation of maybe leaving Saturday morning with the trailer house, but. Saturday morning, we woke up to a text that said, well, we got an unexpected two more inches of rain. So we just sat it out here over the weekend, and we're actually telling everybody our, our quick goodbyes, and we're going to head south with the rest of the what we have left today. So we'll be in place in case something actually gets started and ready to go. A lot of folks around the central part of the country unusually uh, it's an unusual request but uh, but praying for dry weather uh, it's not often we do that in the month of june in kansas no and you know it's kind of a kind of a mixed thought do you pray for dry weather because then you're going to get drought or you know we just need conditions so we can get something taken care of and out of the field this year, once again, I understand that uh, when you get rolling, you'll have a combine cam that, that folks can take a look at. 
Yes, that's supposed to get put into the combine tomorrow, so we'll have her ready to go. As soon as we get in the field, we'll let everybody know that we are actually doing something. The All Aboard uh, Wheat Harvest uh, Tour, uh, a number of correspondents that uh, that High Plains Journal has put together. Uh, folks can go to the website and keep up to date uh, with pictures, videos, and uh, and the All Aboard uh, uh, Combine Cam uh, available at that site as well. Allaboardharvest.com is the uh, the web page to go to to get that. But Tracy, it's it's a neat uh, opportunity to to get the perspective from a number of different harvesters on on how their harvest season is going. Yeah, th- th- absolutely right, Dwayne. And you know, we've been home, and and I fight the thoughts of oh, we should be somewhere, and we we need to be somewhere, and you know, it's just I think in my system to think that we need to be in a wheat field cutting and. So then I start to feel bad because I'm not telling the story of the harvest. But, you know, the other day I actually thought, you know, you are telling the story of harvest because there's really not a lot going on. There's a lot of mud. There's a lot of rain. We're not in a wheat field, but there's a reason why we're not there. So, you know, the story's just being told in different ways. And that's what this All Aboard Harvest is about, is being able to tell the story of what's going on out there with different correspondence so i'm just the lucky one that's still at home i guess but not for long it sounds like uh, you'll be on the road shortly hopefully the weather will hold and and you can get something done in the near future with uh wheat in the central part of the state getting ever closer to uh to ready to go our thanks yes. to uh, high plains journal john deere on Verve Earth Manufacturing and Oklahoma Baptist Homes for Children, sponsors of the All Aboard Wheat Harvest Updates here on the KFRM. And again, check out all the information at allaboardharvest.com. For KFRM, I'm Dwayne Thames. Have a great day. Your grain market prices from Dodd City's Pride Ag Resources on June 18th, corn was up at $4.30, wheat was up at $4.25, milo was up at $3.80, and soybeans were up at $7.74. Don't forget, folks, we've got an upcoming sorghum U slash wheat U event August 14th in Mulvane, Kansas at the Kansas Star Event Center. We'll have breakout sessions, keynotes, a trade show, and producer panels. It's two events, one day, under one roof. You can't miss it. For more information, visit sorghumu.com or wheatu.com. Or you can always call us at 1-800-452-7171 for registration details. We'll see you there. If you'd like to have crop or livestock targeted news emailed directly to you, sign up for our HPJ Direct email newsletters at our website, hpj.com slash sign up. Simply select the topics that interest you, and you'll receive updates on them directly to your email. Next week's print issue of High Plains Journal has a story on rural America from Dave Bergmeier. Be sure to watch for that in your mailboxes July 1st and look for additional content online anytime at www.hpj.com. Remember, you can subscribe for free to this podcast at hpj.com podcasts. You can also find us on iTunes, Google Play, and wherever you download podcasts. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at HPJ Talk for news and commentary throughout the week. And you can always drop us a line at our email, hpjtalk at hpj.com.
Thanks again for riding along with us, folks, as we bring ag news and commentary to you. And remember, as Dodge City's favorite lawman Wyatt Earp once said, fast is fine, but accuracy is everything. We'll see you on the trail. This has been a production of High Plains Journal, all rights reserved. Dirt road in a gooseneck, saddle up with me. Dry land in God's country, crops far as I can see. Headlights.